Ready Torpedo 1. <laughs> Perfect. Hello and welcome back to Movie Nerds. I'm Russell Lolliker. I'm Kyle Wells. And this is the show where we just get super nerdy about a particular topic, a theme, a genre. Uh, it's a movie conversation that is located out here in Vancouver Island, but it doesn't mean we're not a global force of movie movie nerdery. How's that? How's that? How's that? How's that? Yeah, that's grammatically <laughs> correct, I'm sure. <laughs> so for this episode, uh, just to let you know the premise of the show, because it's a new podcast, so we're still we're still laying down the tracks here. Is we pick a particular theme or genre or an actor or actress or what have you. And discuss it through our movie nerdery lens, but use two tent poles of movies that we we have to watch for the show to sort of use as our baseline. Not totally what we talk about, but it is sort of our most recent we've watched, so it's top of mind to do this. So, for instance, why don't we start about what we're talking today. Today's theme is... Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, from deep below the surface of the ocean, we're here to talk about submarines. Submarine movies, (laughs) in fact. Submarine, which is a sub-genre. How adorable is that? Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Eh? <laughs> so our tent poles, why don't so we go old, we go new. What was the what was our old pick this time? Remind me. Well, uh, we watched from 1958, Run Silent, Run Deep. A, uh, one of the classic submarine wharf pictures, uh, starring Clark Gable and Burt Lancaster. One of my favorites, Mr. Lancaster is, uh, directed by Robert Weiss. And it is about a U.S. submarine commander who's um, obsessed with sinking a certain Japanese ship that sunk him at one point. And he butts heads with his first officer and his crew from his maniacal devotion to tracking down this one particular destroyer. And the other, the more newer movie, by newer I mean like 33 years ago, which broke my heart when I found this out. Uh, Released back in March 2nd in 1990, it is The Hunt for Red October. Uh, starring Sean Connery Ale- in, in his amazing Russian accent, uh, Alec Baldwin, Sam Neill, Scott Glenn, James Earl Jones, Tim Curry, Courtney B. Vance. I was like, hello, I, you were in that? Ama- as a, I was amazed that he was in it as much as I was that Don Rickles was in Run Silent, <laughs> uh, Run Deep. Um, anyway, Hunt for Red October was directed by John McTiernan. Uh, the premise is that in November 1984, this is this is how I'm reading it from the IMDb page. In November 1984, the Soviet Union's best submarine captain violates orders and heads for the U.S. in a new undetectable sub. The American CIA and military must quickly determine, is he trying to defect or to start a war? Anyway, uh, yeah, submarine movies on the docket today. Fun fact, uh, I was blown away. It's funny how we looked at this. I saw it as... 150 films, submarine subgenre films, were put out between 1910 and 2010. Right before we went on, I'm like, holy hell, that's a lot of podcast, a lot of podcasts, a lot of submarine movies. And you're like, that wasn't a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just that when you get into some other subgenres and they have like thousands in there, and I mean, there's tens of thousands of war movies. So the fact, I was surprised that there's only 150 submarine war, well, submarine movies. Some are war, some aren't. Fair. So, as our theme today, what's your personal experience with, well, why don't we start with these movies first? Uh, Hunt for October, Run Silent, Run Deep, and you'd seen them before? 
Um, I had definitely seen Hunt for Red October before, but not for, gosh, probably 15, probably not since I was a teenager. Uh, I'm, I'm honestly not sure if I've seen Run Silent Run Deep before, but uh, I would get, and I usually know these things, so I'm going to guess that I haven't. Um, but I'm surprised I haven't because it's exactly the kind of movie that I would like to watch and I, and did thoroughly enjoy it. Spoiler alert. Um, but no, when I was a teenager, I was a big Tom Clancy fan, uh, read all the books and I think I saw, I probably saw Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger maybe before I saw Hunt for Red October, but there was no way at that time that a, that a Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy movie was going to slip by me. So I, I certainly saw Hunt for Red October, but the fact that I have not seen it since, I don't think it made an enormous impression on me it wasn't one of my favorites but i do i i think i enjoyed it i had i had it in my mind i thought it was i thought of it as a good movie before rewatching it this time um fair yeah how about you yeah i i'd seen hunt for october i think i think i saw it in the theater i was in grade 10 at the time Mm -hmm. but i'm almost positive i did see it but i was pulled in because of sean connery and because i liked die hard which john mctiernan also directed so that was sort of my pull, not because it was a submarine movie, not because it was Tom Clancy or Jack Ryan. I didn't even go to the Jack Ryan movies out of interest to Jack Ryan. It was because I loved Harrison Ford. I was an Indiana Jones guy. Sure. So funnily enough, I've seen now all the Jack Ryans, whether it was the Ben Afflecks or the, you know, (laughs) he's been many different, uh, well, I was trying to think if there's another Chris Pine played him in one movie. Shadow Recruit. Yeah, 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 which was okay. And now but, um, uh, Krasinski's playing him on TV. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, this exactly. is the first. This is the first on-screen Jack Ryan, and he's uh, there's sure been a lot of them since this one. It's kind of neat. And I, I loved Hunt for October. I, I don't know if it's my favorite. We'll get into favorites later. Sure. But uh, submarine genre is a funny one because I do find myself watching like watching them and being interested in watching them because I do like military war movies. Yeah. But Run Silent Run Deep was not on my radar anywhere um i mean i think i'd heard about it i was excited to watch it because mm-hmm. uh I, I love me some uh, burt lancaster and i love so i'm a nerd about the background of what's going on and if you want some interesting facts check out how clark gable was doing how that when that movie was being made not doing well oh not really? doing well is he oh, ill or drinking too much alcoholism my friend ah, yeah, alcoholism yeah, yeah. there it is yeah. super shaky if you watch that movie again and see how shaky he is yeah well, he's definitely getting on. I mean, he's like a generation or two before Lancaster, so he's he's definitely the the old man of the boat. Funnily enough, apparently that was the biggest criticism of the movie is as realistic as it was, the biggest criticism was they were too old to play those particular type of sailors or or submarinemen because you were like 30, I think needed to be the oldest oh, you could be. Yeah, but that yeah. always happened. I mean, that's Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan. You would you would not have Fair. a captain that old. <laughs> it's just yeah, but it's it's uh yeah. Movies. 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 Movie magic. Uh, like yeah. Kurt Lang- <laughs> Kurt Lancaster Burt Lancaster and Clark Gable got the movie made. Forget how old they were. <laughs> so what's your thoughts on the genre as a whole? I mean, I kind of mentioned I do like my war movies and submarine being a very specific one, but do you gravitate towards them or just wait to find out if it's a good movie or not? Um, I mean, like you, I'm, I'm sort of drawn to the war genre for for good or bad. Um, and I do like submarine war pictures. I've seen quite a few over the course of my movie going career. Um, but I can't say that 
any of them really stand out for me as like favorites. Like I own a lot of movies. I don't think I own a single submarine war movie. I've seen a lot of them and I do like them. I was excited to watch Run Silent Run Deep and I've watched other submarine movies in the last couple of years just for fun. So like I do watch them when they're available to me. But I can't say I, I, I if you ask me, you know, 10 favorite genres or subgenres or something, it definitely wouldn't it wouldn't make the list. It wouldn't be way up there. But I, 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 yeah. I like it. I, I... I agree. I mean, I, I I bet you a few people are going. You didn't put Das Boot in here, like, because it's such an <laughs> it's such an obvious pick. But for me, I almost have to wait for somebody to go. Oh, it was really good. But then I look back at the movies I've seen, and I like Crimson Tide or U five seven one, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed those. Like, there were parts of it. Even U five seven one, I'm like, there were parts of it. Hey, Bon Jovi's in it. It's got to be good. Sarcasm, sarcasm. Well, I mean, and then we go back to Harrison Ford, Widowmaker with Liam Neeson, another submarine movie that was yeah, not Catherine that great. Catherine Bigelow movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot it was a Catherine Bigelow movie. Yeah. But for, for the submarine movie, it's sort of like, I enjoy it when I watch it. When it's a good movie, it's an interesting movie. Even though there are such, it's such a genre that is such a cliched one. But I enjoy it for its cliches. If it's a good movie, if I haven't seen a lot of them, I, I kind of enjoy I hadn't seen a good submarine movie in a while, so I really like the ones we picked for this. Yeah, I mean, if it's a cliche that works, it works. And, and I think there's a certain amount of built-in tension and drama into just the very nature of being in a submarine in an enclosed space, you know, really close to all these other people, that all these personalities are clashing, and the inherent danger of it if you're at war, you know, like you're in a tin can under, underneath the water. And if anything goes wrong, it's going to go very wrong. So there's... A certain, you know, you're fighting each other, you're fighting the water around you in a way, and then you're fighting the the enemy who is either, you know, above you or beside you in another submarine or something like that. It's, it's the danger and the drama and the tension, I think, is really built into the genre. I'm curious to get into a lot of that, but I first wanted to highlight how this subgenre kind of actually dances around other genres. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking, I saw fantasy. You have Captain Nemo, Fantastic Voyage, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, uh, Spy, James Bond, I think had one or two submarine movies. Comedies, Up Periscope. I'm like, I vaguely, barely <laughs> remember that movie. And Yellow Submarine by the Beatles. Yeah, or um, the uh, well, Life Aquatic, uh, the Wes Anderson Oh shit, movie. yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, at Deep Sea Exploration is uh, definitely can can be a submarine movie. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dig into the similarities because you kind of bounced around in that in in some of the 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 intensity, uh, the intrigue, but it's all usually the same thing. So similarities, almost all that 150 has in the fantasy or spy stuff. It's all really military driven, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, What else do you find is I don't know what you call them cliches, but really that fall within the the, the submarine genre. Okay, well, you got to have uh, guys that aren't getting along and yep. uh, get into fights, but then they come together to, um, you know, when, when it goes down, they come together and do what needs to be done. You got to have a depth charge scene where everybody Absolutely. has to be super quiet and they turn off all the stuff and then the explosions start around them and the sh- they shake the camera and uh, everybody looks scared. You got to have a depth charge scene. That's that's essential. Those are my favorites. I like those. Uh, you got to Well, this is more particular to a lot of different war movies, maybe not just submarine movies, but you got to have the hard ass captain or, or leader commanding officer who uh, puts everybody through hell, uh, through drills and and authority and and 
whatever and that the crew comes to resent but then in the end when the shit hits the fan and all that training pays off they come to respect the captain that's a that's a big time uh war thing you got to have a, a sonar scene you got to have somebody listening really oh, deeply yeah. got to have some pings going on and and trying to figure out what things sound like uh you got to have a, an awesome mix of uh, a sound is super important to submarine movies. And, oh, and I want to dig into that actually yeah. with you about that. Soundscape is so, that is the movie. And I yeah. was like listing all the things that are sound based, which is the, you hit a lot of them, the ping of sonar, yeah. um, the propeller of a submarine absolutely, and the propeller of a torpedo. Yeah. Like that, both those have to be in there. The creak of the hull. Yes. Like that, there has to be this claustrophobia feel of this this creek that you know you're in a big metal something. Oh, and you got to have um, the scene where they take it down further than it's supposed to go, and you don't know whether it's going to hold on or not. That's a good one too. Oh, always, and there's <laughs> there's always a valve or at least like a um, yeah, yeah. A, a gauge that blows. Yeah, it's to steam show goes like everywhere. How yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, has to be explosions. Whether it's a torpedo, whether it's those depth chargers, there's always an explosion somewhere. Uh, the alarm, there's alarm, yeah. dive, dive, dive. There's always an alarm. Yeah. And the one I thought interesting from a soundscape perspective, especially around tension, is silence. Yes. In submarine movies, if it's silent, it's either because you're safe or because shit's about to get real. Yeah. Like it's either, it's it's so funny how and it, it really is such a part of the tension or relief. When yeah. it comes to a submarine movie. And as somebody who's a huge fan of silence in movies, I do like that uh, about submarine movies. Uh, I think we're forgetting one thing too, which is men uh, yelling or speaking numbers to each other for the course of the entire movie. You know, coordinates, rudder left, one, two, three, and the guy goes, rudder left, one, two, three, and then it comes, torpedo one, torpedo oh, one. Repeating. Torpedo. <laughs> just, there must be so many numbers in every submarine movie that are just spoken out loud. I love it. <laughs> There's a lot of procedure. Yes. Yes. And uh, I love the, the crew dynamics as well. Um, and, and it seems to be even more so on submarine movies because of that claustrophobia, mm -hmm. which you don't feel all the time in every movie. Like, so run silent, run deep. You feel that claustrophobia. Das Boot, you do. I did not feel it all in Hunt for Red October. They are in such a big boat that yes. it doesn't feel like their command center. They got room to run around. They can stretch like it's. Yeah. Huge and Crimson Tide. I think I remember that too. That it wasn't, it wasn't as tight. Yeah, it's not but, your granddaddy I mean, submarine. Exactly. <laughs> and Dos Boot. I mean, that's literally a characteristic of the movie. Yeah. Was bouncing in each other, which increases tensions, which increases that you know you're in your everybody's face at the same time, which I found really interesting for submarine movies for crew di crew dynamics. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I liked about Run Silent, Run Deep in general, and those sort of World War II era submarine movies is that the technology is much more rudimentary than you get into the sort of Cold War submarine, which for a, you know, old school uh, fellow like myself, uh, I'd certainly enjoy that. All the levers and levers and gears and things that need to be pulled and pushed instead of buttons and screens. And, you know, it's, uh, it's much more analog, which uh, I really enjoy. I found Run Silent, Run Deep to be very... I was surprised at how edgy it was. I mean, to the, the guy was putting dead bodies in the tubes yeah. to, sh to and, and jettisoning them to show that they were like, spoiler alert, everybody, the movie's about 80 years old, um, <laughs> to basically show that they had been destroyed. And I mean, 
submarine movies are all about strategy and chess moves. And can they see us? Can they hear us? Oh, now they can because we blew them up. And and Run Silent Run Deep does that, I think, a little bit more even than Hunt for Red October kind of did. Mm-hmm. From, a, from a submarine to, to, to boat, to planes, to that sort of thing. And I, I found it really interesting about how edgy it was in this obsession, this Moby Dick obsession. Um, but I'm a guy that doesn't watch as many old movies as you. So I'm like going, wow, this is rather adult. <laughs> like, of course it is, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, it didn't surprise me. And it's adult in good and bad ways. I mean, obviously, there's some like, you know, wartime racism that is on, on display as well, although not as bad as stuff that was actually made during the war. So actually, not long ago, I watched another submarine movie that was made during World War Two from 1943 called Destination Tokyo with uh, Cary Grant. Um, and that one is like just a lot of racism because it, it's made during the war and it's, it's literally a propaganda movie. So um, it, it's, uh, it was more acceptable back then and more acceptable in 1958 than it is now as well. So like, that's a part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't say I, as it, I was shocked at anything that was in it. Um, I mean, war movies, I think from any era kind of have some grisly stuff in them. I mean, you, you can go back as far as the twenties and thirties and, and see some, some shit go down in war movies. Sure. So I, I wasn't surprised about that, but what I did find, you know, what I liked about it a lot and was very different. And I think it's that, again, that difference between like world war two and the cold war is that things are a lot simpler in run silent, run deep. So it can be a little more character and action focused and a little more tension focused Whereas like Hunt for Red October, uh, for good or bad, it depends on you know what you like out of the film. It has a lot more like geopolitics at work, and it's right. what are they trying to do and what are they trying not to do, and we're tiptoe because they're not actually at war. It's a cold war, so they're tiptoeing around each other and trying to come up with the best outcome for everybody and not start a war. Is it, I mean that's the big tension of that movie is to right. not start a war. <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of a different. I mean, so much of Hunt for October is actually in like boardrooms and offices and powerful men behind desks talking to each other whereas pretty much the entirety of run silent run deep is in a submarine um so so i mean they're very different movies in that way did you did you have a preference just out of interest did you like one more than the other or were they it's a great question because i don't think i can say yes or no i mean i have a bit of a I have a bit of a nostalgia love for Hunt for Red October because sure. I saw it in the theater because I love the direction uh, that like me some John McTiernan. I always love me some Sean Connery. Uh, young Alec Baldwin is always interesting. Yeah, he's good. Um, but I mean, I I really liked Run Silent Run Deep. Just how well acted it was. I've not seen a ton of Bur- Lancaster and Cary Grant movies, to be completely honest. Card Gable, so yeah. I love the dynamic. And I mean, Don Rickles just runs with it. Uh, but but no, uh, uh, what's the other gentleman's name? Jack Warden. I'm like, I know that guy. Where's that guy from? I don't know. Um, who was he playing? I don't know Jack Warden. Uh, let me, I'm going to IMDB. We could, you don't have to edit this out. I can look it up right now. <laughs> uh, we've got tech. We've got the technology. Um, Jack Warden. Yeah, he's a character actor. You remember, you recognize him the minute you saw him. I mean, but I think what the character? Last movie you, Do you know oh, what character, what character he was? Did he play? Yeah, see the doc um, or, or the, the no? He was pharmacist? the Cary Grant, Cary Grant's right hand guy, Clark Gable. Clark Gable, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the guy that was at the beginning in their office, and oh, then yeah. he was sort of his confidant guy. Got it. Yeah, he's um, great. I think it's one of his first movies he ever did. He. I mean, I think The Replacements was his last movie with Keanu Reeves. Right, right, right. Uh, 
but he's a character actor that's been around forever. I'm like, I know that guy's face. But yeah, I really enjoyed Run Silent, Run Deep for the reasons I said, basically because a lot more adult, very contemporary, very, the obsession in it was very, very interesting. It, it felt contemporary themes, even though it was set in obviously World War II. I don't know. I just, I really liked the simplicity of it. Yeah. Um, that it wasn't so many other things going on. It was a boat. It was a guy obsessed with a boat about another Japanese captain and he was wronged and he will do something to avenge his former crew. Yeah. And I think just that simplicity and how it was shot, how well it was shot, how well it was acted. Uh, and it was a tight movie. I think it was like what an hour and 45 hour and 30. Something like that. Yeah. So when we're used to like three hour movies now. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Great. That's awesome. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> I never know when you get the old movies. I'm like, is Russell going to like it? So I'm, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up is a lot of the metaphor that happens with submarine movies because it it's, tends to be this sort of this other experience because if you're in war, you got your camaraderie, you're running across a field or you got the ice, you got to, you're, I'm thinking of like Dunkirk and all these things where it's much, it's, big it's showy it's flary it's public submarines it's all about isolationism yeah it's all about hidden agendas i don't think i've seen a single submarine movie where there's somebody without a hidden agenda everybody there's always one there's always the threat Um, of mutiny yeah oh and that's the other (laughs) one yeah i mean you've got sean connery had a hidden agenda and you got clark gable with a hidden agenda it's like everybody's got a you know something in their back pocket and i don't know why submarine movies are always the way of that and this (laughs) human subconscious sort of things under the surface for better of a lack of metaphor here. Ah, But I always really like, I like that it's a cliche, but it owns its cliche. The submarine, like, like I said about the soundscape and like, you know what you're getting with a submarine movie. When it works, it works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it's done well, if you got somebody behind the camera who knows what they're doing, can throw this thing together in terms of pace and tension and tone, and you got a good cast. I mean, it can it can all, even though it yeah relies heavily on tropes and cliches, it can it can work it, absolutely. Have you thought of any submarine movies beyond the two tent poles that you're like, you know what, I really need to go back and watch that again? Uh, well, Daz Boot actually, I have, I haven't seen that either since I was a teenager, um, and I wanted to watch it for this, but I didn't have time to get a three hour. Uh, you know, German submarine movie in. Um, but I would really like to see that again. Um, and actually, uh, The Enemy Below is is for, is really good as well. Uh, and I would like to see that again. Um, yeah, yeah, that was good. I'm not, yeah, I'm not chomping at the bit to see K-19 again or, or U-571. The uh, fantasy history of U-571 really irked me. Uh, <laughs> but um no yeah again like i there i don't seek them out necessarily i don't own them i'm not popping them in every friday night but when they're around and available and i I see that oh okay then they i'm happy to fire one up yeah when you saw the 150 number were you have you seen a lot of them i mean you've seen a lot more of the older films than i have were you said you didn't think it was that many considering it's a subgenre of military world war Mm -hmm. movies but were you have you seen a lot of them well even a lot of those are like silent movies that are lost or that are 10 minutes long or something like those are all encountered i was i was shocked that there's been 
submarine movies since like 1910 or 1915 or whatever uh i i you know i knew that i guess i knew that the technology i remember hearing about you know using a sub in the american civil war and stuff like that sort of rudimentary uh submarines but i was still surprised that they went back that far i don't know i've probably seen uh, no i haven't seen anywhere near 150 i've probably seen you know 10 to 20 of them you know something like that i i, I don't know offhand but i would guess something like that yeah. Okay. So I think we both agree that we don't go to a submarine movie because it's a submarine movie. But if we know it's a good movie and we've heard it's a good movie, then we'll check it out. Yeah. I don't share, I don't uh, have a particular sort of, you know, fetishistic interest in submarines necessarily. Um, but so, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have a poster of a submarine on my wall. But if Burt Lancaster is going to fight Clark Gable in a submarine, I'm going to watch it. So you'll fetish, you'll fetishize that, but not, yeah. not oh, yeah. the submarine. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, do you think you would be any good on a submarine? You, Russell Wallace? Oh, God, no. No? God, no. You no, bad with no, confined spaces? Human beings. Oh, it's, no. the, it's the people. It's the people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. No, no. This, I, I'm a guy that has to have a shower every day as part of my ritual. I ain't there's showers that on, on submarines. Screen. Yeah, there's showers. There has to be. I need room. I got elbows. I need to uh, no. What if not, you could be a on thing. a submarine by yourself, like a solo submarine adventure? Now that just sounds sad and lonely. Like that just. <laughs> well, what do you? You can't have it both ways. What do you want? I can, and I will. <laughs> put me on a boat. I'll put me on a boat. I'm fine. But submarine. Yeah, I hear it's not safe down there. Um, yeah, but I guess people, wonder like, does the claustrophobia enter into it? Like, does that does that worry you, or is it's just the close quarters? It's funny. It's funny when you ask that because I'm like, claustrophobia doesn't bother me until it bothers me. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like, I'm okay with heights. I've jumped out of a plane. I've you mm-hmm. know I can get to the with top a parachute. Of the I, I hope. I was attached to a lovely gentleman oh, with okay. a parachute. Great. Yeah. That's good to yeah. hear. I was grabbed him. I loved him all the way down. It okay. was an amazing <laughs> um, But when it comes to claustrophobia, it's funny because I have friends that have traveled to like Vietnam and done like the tunnels in Vietnam. Right. And I'm like, I don't have claustrophobia. And yet I have no interest in that. Like that is yeah. just not something I'm interested in doing. I don't like the idea of feeling that enclosed. But it's also not a claustrophobia thing traditionally for me. I don't know. It's a it's an as and when maybe. Right. You don't panic in an elevator, but like no. if, if you're put in some sort of extreme situation, then probably. Yeah, yeah let's go with that. Yeah. I will I will go with that. And you? Oh hell no. No. Uh yeah. I again I'm not going to any tunnels uh, or you know, I'm not climbing any in any caves. Thank you very much. Uh no, I don't like the idea of anything that I mean, I'm okay in an elevator. I don't have claustrophobia. As a, I'm probably similar to you, you know, as a rule of thumb, I don't feel claustrophobia, but I also like to know that if I really do need to get out of something, I, I either need to be able to do it or I need to be in a place where somebody else can come and get me out of it. Um, so if there's no chance of that, cause I'm, you know, 500 feet, a thousand feet, whatever, under the surface of the ocean or in some caved in tunnel, um, then no, that ain't happening. I'm not going to be there. No, hell with that. Is there any, like, I don't, this is a weird question. Are there any actors or actresses you'd like to see in a submarine movie? Like I was trying to think of like, is this a genre that we want to, you know, ship out and, you know, pick, pick a guy, pick a, pick a gal and, and get them out there in a submarine movie. That would be good. I, I can't think that it's even a genre that I'm like, yeah, this X person would be amazing in it. At the, uh, honestly, at this point, I don't know what you could do that 
would be different for a submarine movie. I mean, we haven't had, to my recollection, uh, a sort of a big, you know, theatrical uh, release of a submarine movie in a long time. Because I think people are like, well, what, you know, it's kind of been done. Um, so I think that would, rather than finding somebody who could do it, I, I mean, I don't know who you'd throw, I mean... I don't know anybody. I mean, Tom Cruise or something. But aside from that, uh, you know, I don't even know what you would do that hasn't already been done 150 times. Uh, I mean, I I mean, I'd watch it. You know, (laughs) if you do it, I'd watch it. But uh, that's the thing is, I think because we're out of such a military push culturally, like we were churning out submarine movies, World War One, World War Two, like. They were a lot of that 150 was front loaded, so, yeah. but because we don't, it's not as prevalent. It's not as part of our culture as much anymore. We don't see them as regularly, nor is there a big demand for them because there's not that propaganda machine as much being pushed around it. Yeah. I mean, have submarines been used in a war since World War II? I don't even know. I mean, I, obviously they were a, a part of Cold War, but that's not a real war. So I don't even, I don't know, maybe in Korea, uh, Vietnam, I don't know where submarines a part of those conflicts i honestly don't know so yeah i think you'd have to actually didn't isn't there the tom hanks film greyhound isn't there an aspect of submarines in that i i, I have only a vague recollection of that movie but but again that's a world war ii set movie you'd almost have to just make another world war ii submarine movie um i don't know what would work with the invasion of iraq or you know it would fair or just guy i mean obviously we still use submarines but they're pretty much they're sort of in a patrol uh, ready state of readiness type of mode um i mean we have them here where we are in victoria bc they we have a submarine shipyard here um but just guys like going out to sea for six months and then coming back is not a great story so it, yeah you'd have to have some drama or conflict somehow i was trying to find like when the last submarine movie was out and there is something there's one called the wolf's call in 2019 and right. I don't think that was a theatrical release, though. Or no, probably not. Movie. And the Cold War one called Phantom, which was yeah. K129. The plot has a basis in one theory about the events aboard the Soviet submarine's final voyage. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I mean, there's a few in 2018. Uh, the last I know of was that K19, The Widowmaker, which was out in 2002. Yeah. So it's been over 20 years since we've had like a big, sort of big budget Hollywood. Big name. Yeah. Yeah. Cause right. I mean, yeah. Unless we start a new war that involves a lot of submarines. I don't know what more there is to do with it. But so there's the challenge. Hollywood, figure it out. We want a new one. All women, entire women submarine crew. They say that end every podcast with a call to action. Yeah. I'm glad you ended up. <laughs> I'm glad you finished it with We're calling you to out start Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Either start a war or come up with a new premise for a, for a submarine movie. Charlize Theron, all women. I love it. Make well, it. Well, let's. It is a <laughs> testosterone fested genre that is very few women in this. Exactly. Um, let's turn that so, around. Yeah. yeah. See yeah, what happens. I, sure. Sure. <laughs> so let's wrap it up with what is your favorite submarine movie? Oh, gosh. Um, it's probably. Honestly, maybe either Run Silent or Run Deep, or I do really like Crimson Tide. Um, and I'm not, I don't know, I always say that I'm not the t- biggest Tony Scott fan, but then I realize how many Tony Scott movies I watch, so maybe that's not true. But anyway, uh, I think Crimson Tide is probably my favorite Tony Scott movie. 
Um, I mean, you got Denzel, you got Hackman. It's just, it's a good time at the movies. And I love that, like you said, that sort of mutinous, um, you know, just devious uh, people fighting each other on the submarine aspect of it and all all cranked up to 11 in the in the tony scott way that he does things um so it might be it might be that it might be crimson tide yeah i i'm glad i'm glad you brought up crimson tide because that is one that i've i keep coming back to yeah as one that i'm like oh that was a good movie oh damn like i do love hunt for october but i think i'm seeing it through rose colored nostalgia glasses a lot too um, but the tension like that, just seeing Denzel and Gene Hackman just going toe to toe, um, yeah. as intense as it gets at the end of that movie. But then again, I got to go Das Boot too. And I haven't seen it in a really long time, yeah. but I still go back and go like my mom used to talk about that movie. <laughs> like when she went, she went to the theater and saw it and she just can't, couldn't stop talking about the claustrophobia of it. Sure. How, how the submarine itself was actually one of the protagonists or antagonists, however you look at the movie uh, of the film. And it really enticed me to go see it myself. Again, I haven't seen the theater, but ah, Crimson Tide goes to me a bit, but I have to go watch Das Boot again because I bet you it'll, it'll just be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We're in the same boat, buddy. Um, Pun intended. Uh, Yeah. uh, Maybe, maybe uh, upon a rewatch, um, does boot would take the take the top spot but uh but crimson tide yeah really good really easy one to rewatch just fun every time you throw it on i, th- I think part of i mean hunt for Red october probably 1990 with the cold war still going on it's polit- the politics of it probably felt a lot more fresh and relevant and and interesting sure. and, and even dangerous uh whereas now it's it feels like a bit of a relic at times to me which is i mean so does run silent run deep but it's a little more action based than it is politics based they're not really sitting around debating whether they should be fighting the japanese or not or what it's just yeah Fair. yeah well that'll do it for another movie nerds uh yeah if you have any questions concerns feedback we have an amazing facebook group called victoria movie nerds feel free we'll be sharing this episode there um love to hear your feedback as we go on with our ner- movie nerdery i'm russell Olicker. i'm kyle wells and we'll see you again 